Thank you for joining us this Monday on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon. And the title of our message is called The Peace of the Lord. It's found in Psalms 37, verses 1 through 17. And we'll begin reading with verse 1. It says, Do not fret because of evil men, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like the green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their wicked ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret or fear. It leads only to evil. For evil men will be cut off, but those whose hope is in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnashing their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and they bend their bows to bring down the poor and the needy, to slay those who, whose ways are upright. But the sword will pierce their own hearts and the bows will be broken. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of the many wicked. For the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord will uphold the righteous. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for your love and for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you can bring us peace. You can bring us peace in the midst of life's storms. You can bring us peace in the midst of war and chaos. You can bring us peace when we're going through the valley of the shadow of death. But Lord, you are there to bring us peace and to bring us through. Your promise says that we will inherit the land. The psalmist is talking to the Israelites here. But for us today, we shall inherit the land also. So, Lord, just add a blessing to our word and help me to bring forth the message today. May the Lord add a blessing to his word. Amen. Amen. So let's look at this, the peace of the Lord. In this psalm, David speaks of enjoying peace in the land that we have, the land that they had. You know, we have to refrain from anger and turn from wrath. The word says it there in verse 8. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. Fret is like fearing. It only leads to evil. You know, we can fear God with fear and trembling because of his awesomeness. But we don't fear God because we want to be afraid. So the writer goes on and tells us if we pay attention to what Psalms 37 is telling us, then we will find a new way of coping with anger and we will find peace 
a peace that passes all understanding. So let's look at the first step in knowing and receiving God's peace found in the text today. First, it is to stop shouting so loud. We may not be literally shouting audibly, like I'm talking loud now, but literally we are doing it within our heart. We are shouting with anger. There's so many people angry today. There's road rage. People pull out a gun and shoot somebody or they beat somebody up. It's, it's a crazy world. Things are getting worse every day, but we don't need more anger. We don't need anger in our hearts that will fester and become something evil, as the writer says. Refrain from anger, turn from wrath, do not be afraid or fear. It will only lead to evil. And it talks about that in verse 9. Evil men will be cut off, but those whose hope is in the Lord will inherit the land. So we must put down these issues or these burdens, these weights, and we must face the fight with God leading the way. We must surrender all of it to God and allow him to speak peace over our hearts and over our minds, to come in and indwell us, to renew us. We talk about baptism, you know, when you go under the water, the old life symbolic and coming up in the new in the resurrection. But we can also see this when we give all our burdens and cast them upon the Lord. It will bring us peace to our hearts and to our minds today. Verse 1, like I said, says, Do not fear or fret, because evil men will be em because of evil men or envious of those who do wrong. We live in a world today where, you know, people say, well, if they get away with it, you know, maybe I can. But there's a judgment coming, as the verse 9 tells us, evil men will be cut off. And later it tells us that the wicked will only be with us for a little while, and then we won't see them anymore. They won't be found. God gives us an example of what will happen to the evil men and the wrongdoers as we were listening. Verses 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7 give us clear instructions on how to find this peace in God, the peace of the Lord. Let's look at verse 3. Verse 3, the first four words say, Trust in the Lord. And then the rest says, Do good and dwell in the land, and enjoy safe pasture. We must put our trust in God, trust in the Lord first, and we have to do good. Like we talked about the other week in other messages, faith without works is dead, and works without faith is dead. But we need to have our trust in the Lord to have faith, and then we need to do good works. He tells us that we will dwell in safety, you can look up Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, or Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2, or Psalms 1, 12, verse 7. And you can see more about placing your trust in God. Verse 4 tells us, Delight in the Lord, and he will provide. It tells us there in the scripture, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I paraphrased it and put, he will provide. 
He will give you what you need to get the job done or the task at hand. So God will provide. Verse 5 tells us to commit our ways to the Lord. Everything that we do, we should do everything unto the Lord. Everything. He tells us again to trust the Lord. He is as good as his word today. The Lord will never leave us or forsake us. He will never let us down. Verse 6, he will make your righteousness shine. God will direct us and he will keep us. He will give us peace in the midst of the storms of life, as I mentioned earlier. Verse 7, be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for the Lord. Sometimes we need to be still. We need to stop what we're doing. We can be busy, busy, busy about ministry or busy, busy, busy about this. But sometimes we have to just stop. And we need to wait upon God. We need to listen. Sometimes we can be so busy about ministry that we forget that God is the one that has everything under control. God is the one that leads the way. Sometimes we need to stop and wait for clear instructions. Sometimes we need to be still and stop and we need to focus on the Lord. Because it can be easy to do the work, but to get off track also. We can become distracted by the work. Sometimes we need to stop and pray. Jesus took many, many times he would take it away from the crowds. He needed that time with the Father. He would pray. He would go where he was by himself. And he would wait upon this, the Lord. He tells us not to fret or fear when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. God is the judge. God will deal with the wicked. You know, wicked is a word we don't use much. I used it the other day to describe the storm being a wicked storm. And I meant there was going to be a bad storm. But when we think of that, we can use the word bad or wicked in the sense that, you know what, God will deal with those that are going astray, those that are uh, scheming. You know, even in churches today, there are those that are in church, but not really of God. Sometimes they're there for their own personal agenda or a wicked scheme. What can I get out of it for me? Verse 8 tells us we are to refrain from anger and wrath. I think of anger and wrath, of revenge, getting even with someone. You know, they did something to me, so now I have to do something back to them. You know, we live in a world today that says we have to get even. Or we have to do something worse than they did to us. The Bible tells us that we are, if they strike you on the cheek, you are to turn the cheek. They'll strike you on that one. But then we should keep going. We should not be knocked down. He tells us not to fear or fret. He tells us that it will only lead to evil. You can look up Psalms 112 verse 7 and Mark chapter 5 verse 36. I won't take time to read them today, but 
I'm putting them in the podcast so you can look them up as you listen or you, you write them down. Verse 9, evil men will be cut off. They will all, they and we are accountable to God. So they will be accountable for their actions. We might think, they might think they're getting away with it now, but there's an eternal judgment in hell waiting for them. That's the true, stark truth today. Hell is for real. Heaven is for real and hell is for real. And there are many, many people going there each and every day. Verse 10 says, the wicked will be no more. They will be no more. They won't be. They'll be gone. Does it mean all of them are going to be gone? No, because every day someone else is filling in the gap. But God has everything under control. One day when we cross over, there won't be any more wickedness, no evil, no wicked schemes. When we look upon Jesus' face and we see uh, this amazing grace that he bestowed upon us, what a day that will be when we say, worthy is the Lamb, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Verse 12 tells us the wicked plot against the righteous. This verse mentions gnashing of teeth. And you know, I heard it told one time about the Jews saying when they got angry in the, in, in the Old Testament or even in the New Testament, they would grit their teeth and the, like gnashing of their teeth. They would grit them together and make such a noise, a gnashing, a kind of noise that would show anger. They would rip their clothes, but they would grit their teeth. I think another part, it talks about weeping and gnashing of teeth. In another scripture, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it, it's a reminder of that same thing. Verse 13. The Lord's judgment is described here. The Lord laughs at the wicked. God has a sense of humor, but when it says he's laughing here, he knows that judgment is coming. He knows that he is a just God. If they're going to live the wicked way and the evil way and scheme, then there's a judgment in hell for them. God would rather all people come unto him. That's why he sent his son to die on a cross, to give us the hope of eternity. But there are going to be many, many people that will reject the gospel, will reject the message of eternity. They think it's when life ends, that's it. It doesn't happen that way. But God knows that there's a judgment coming for them. Verse 13 says, But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. Judgment day will come. It's a reality. It's not some figment of imagination. It's not some story, uh, uh, written words on a page in a book. It comes from the, the word of God today. Judgment will come. Verse 14 and 15 tells of the wicked ways these wicked men will use. It says, swords and bows to slay the poor and the needy and those whose ways are upright or to downtrod the needy and the poor. You know, we live in a world today where the, um, 
the people of the world that live wicked ways, they, they don't care about the poor. They don't care about the needy. They'll sooner walk by them on the street. Someone asks you for food, you know, they just walk on by. They don't want any bother with them. But he talks about these swords and bows from the Old Testament time period and through even some of the New Testament, we would see about these swords and bows. But people today don't necessarily use those kinds of weapons. Depending on what country you might be in, they might. But in America, we don't necessarily see swords and bows used. But we do see people uh, that just walk by, turn a blind eye. They try to, to, to discredit those Christians, the upright. They try to make fun of them. You know, every day there's an article in the, in the news about this one or that one. And, you know, sometimes people tell stories about someone and they destroy their reputation, even without any fact to it. This would be like this sword and the bow trying to, to tear down the people of God. But the writer tells us there, there, there is a consequence in verse 15. But their swords will pierce their own hearts and their bows will be broken. And we hear, see this symbolism. And like we go back to verse 9, evil men will be cut off. And a little while the wicked will be no more. In verse 10, though you look for them, they will not be found. There's a consequence. God's judgment for their deeds against God's people, against the church, the Christians. Verse 16 says, God always provides. He says the righteous have little than the wealth of the wicked. And you know, God gives people money for many reasons. It depends on how they use it. If it's used for self-centeredness, for those ways of the world, you know, people, uh, they get massive amounts of wealth, millionaires and billionaires. But it depends on how they use it. But they can't take it with them. When you cross over to the other side, they can't take a dime with you. You can't take $100 bills. You can't take your safe with you. Can't take your gold, jewelry, diamonds, all your cars, everything, houses, properties, whatever. When it's all said and done, that stuff will be left behind. Someone will take it. But you know, God always provides for the righteous. Even though we have a little, God will... God will use it. God even, I know people that have hardly anything, and yet they will give their last dime to help someone else. They would do without. A prime example, Jesus did not have anything. He didn't even really have anywhere to lay his head down. But people gave a place to stay. People gave food to the disciples and Jesus People gave whatever they needed and helped them along the way. That's what ministry, that's what it means to be a child of God today. 
that we help those less fortunate than we are. You know, God's always in full control. No matter what the world says, God is still in control. Verse 17, he says, The power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteousness. I want to close with these remarks. You know, God is the God of peace today. God is the God of hope. And God is the God of all. He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings today. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the giver of life. He's the giver of eternal life. And he's the giver of peace today. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message today in Psalms 37. Even though it was written back then, the words are still vital to us today. The instructions that you give us, you tell us, trust in the Lord and do good. You tell us to delight in you. You tell us as Christians to commit our heart and our life, our all to you. Commit your ways to the Lord today. Trust Him. He tells us to be still sometimes before the Lord and to wait patiently for Him. That's the message today. As we think of what's going on in the world today, we pray for those going through the war or the conflict situation in the Ukraine. We lift up brothers and sisters in the Lord. We lift them up. We pray, Lord, for a great miracle as they're having their meeting on the border of Belarus today. We pray for them. We lift them up. We pray for the families that have lost everything. We pray, Lord, for your hand of mercy and protection upon the people of Ukraine. And Lord, we want anger to be gone. We want fear to be gone. We want wrath to be gone because it will only lead to evil. We see what's going on around the world when evil and wrath and anger are there in great fear. You know, the world stands on an on a edge now because of all that's happening. Lord, we pray for the leaders of, of uh, the Russian government and those Lord in power that they will see the error of their way. But we're not taking political sides, but we pray for both of them. We pray this conflict will, will end before it becomes something much, much bigger than it already is. It will affect all of the world. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world that are facing persecution, that are facing these evil schemes of people that are trying to discredit them. We pray for our brothers and sisters in some countries where their churches are being burned. People are being beaten up. People are being killed for their faith in God. Lord, we just pray for a peace that passes all understanding today. We ask, Lord, that if there be someone today that doesn't know you as their personal savior, that you can bring this peace of the Lord to them, that no matter what they've done, what they've said, 
Lord, you can forgive, you can redeem them, but they must confess it to you. They must cry out with a, uh, a sense of urgency, with sincereness to you, asking you to forgive them. Lord, to forgive their sins. And you will redeem them. It's as simple as that. We make it so complicated. But Lord, we thank you that you did not make it complicated. You made it so simple. But we thank you that you went to the that you went to the cross for the sins of the world. That you gave hope to the to humanity. Lord, we're thankful that you are the God of peace. You are the God of hope. And you are the God of everything. We thank you that you are the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings today. And we thank you that you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. So Lord, we just pray for our brothers and sisters. We pray for those, Lord, that will make a profession of faith. We pray, Lord, that you will guide them. You will direct them to a church, to a body of believers where they can be discipled and they can learn more and they can walk in the newness of life. We just thank you for that today. We thank you for all that you do for us. We pray health and protection upon each and every individual and their families. We pray, Lord, that you will, you will uh, guide and keep us safe today. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So thank you for joining us on this Monday afternoon on Hope for Today. And we look forward to joining you on Tuesday with a message of hope and encouragement. Thank you. God bless. Have a great day.